Well, you know the Bible says, you better honor your mother and father. Don't judge me. Eye for an eye. Obey your husband. (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes I don't think that means what you think it means. Welcome to the Pile Perspective. I'm your host, Chris Pyle. I'm glad you could join me today. Today's episode will be titled something along the lines of I don't think that means what you think it means. You know, something about taking scripture out of context. And honestly, what kind of sparked this episode was uh, I see this happening a good bit. But one day last week, scrolling through my news feed on the old Facebook, I saw where there was this young lady that... um, had given her life to Christ and was trying to uh, do her best to live a holy life. And she was uh, getting a little bit of flight from her family there. And it was kind of obvious that the family wasn't very uh, biblical minded. We'll say <laughs> they, they wouldn't Christians, you know, they, they wouldn't try to live the life, but they were real quick to throw out that. We know the Bible says, honor your mother and father. And you know what? That's going to be the first thing we talk about here is how that gets thrown out of context and all that. And and let's just go with what the scripture says. Today's episode will probably have more scripture in it than any of the past episodes, but that's okay. That's what we're here to do. We're here to uh, we're here to learn and you know broaden our way of thinking, maybe change our perspective on a few things. Um, well, Ephesians six two. It says, honor your fa- father and mother, which is the first commandment, so that, it may, so that it may be well with you and that you may live a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instructions of the Lord. Deuteronomy 5.16 pretty much says the same thing. Do not take this out of context here. Keep in mind that Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And, you know, I see this happening a lot when the children are adults and the parents like to throw that up in their face. You're supposed to honor me. Well, yeah, but what is honoring you? Honoring you is not putting their salvation on the back burner to make you feel more comfortable. I'm sorry, but that's just it. Honoring you is, is just that it's, it's just pretty much not disrespecting you, you know, and you being the, uh, the grown folk you're supposed to be, you should be able to sit there and, and know if what you're expecting out of your kid is uh, honorable or not. You know, like this specific family, like I really don't even personally know them. I don't even know if they listen to the show or not. That's why I'm not mentioning their names. But I understand where this young lady was coming from because it kind of happened to me after I got saved. My my family kind of gave me some flag for it too. Oh, so now you think you're better than everybody. No, I'm just trying to live a better life. It's why don't you come around and see us anymore? Or you're not around as much as you used to be and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's because I'm trying to live a different life now. And I, you know, me being the the baby Christian you are when you first get saved, what I would say was, look, I'm I'm trying to straighten up and it's just easier to do that 
when I'm not around all y'all's bullcrap. So trying to throw this guilt trip on people about you need to honor your mother and father. Well, well, putting my salvation on the back burner to make you feel comfortable is not honoring you. And it's actually dishonoring the relationship I'm trying to have with my maker. You know, let's not, you know, and, but also kids, this isn't a reason to disrespect your parents either. You know, kids need to have some discipline and some respect and they need to know their place, you know. And if you're an adult, you come to know Jesus and your family are hellions. My advice would be separate for a period of time, grow in your faith. Maybe you can go back and help get some people saved. But if staying in a specific atmosphere is a stumbling block for you, then I believe that it is completely okay to separate yourself and get away. And we're actually going to get into that a little bit when it comes to the don't judge me part here in a few minutes. You know, when it comes to being, you know, children being disrespectful to their parents, you know, this goes more toward the younger folks because it's really a uh, a fleeting discipline out there, people being respectful to their parents. You know, Exodus also speaks about putting to death those who hit or even curse their parents. We're not even using the good scriptures out of context. What if they knew about that one? And let's go to, let me see here. Let's go to Matthew. This will be Matthew 10, 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set man against his father, daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and the man's enemies will be the members of his household. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about specific members of the family coming to know Christ. It's going to cause a rift in the family. So how about doing your research before you start trying to put the guilt trip on family members that are getting saved and separating themselves from you? They're doing what they have to do. So don't think that children, your children honoring you, honoring you means doing every little thing you say to do because that's not what it means. And that scripture don't mean what you think it means. <laughs> so let's move on to one that we hear a lot in today's time. And that is, uh, don't judge me. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You're going to judge people. Let me, let me put this in perspective for you a little bit. It is not my place to sit on some high and mighty seat and tell you, you will or will not make it into the kingdom or you will not, will or will not go to heaven. You know, scripture plainly spells out what those qualifications are. But I'm not the judge of that. I don't know your heart. But you are to exercise some judgment here. You are. Let, let me put it this way. I exercised poor judgment last week. I had just today had to go to the uh, law enforcement center and recover a firearm that was stolen out of my Jeep. I exercised poor judgment, not on somebody, just I didn't lock my doors. I didn't take my gun out of my Jeep like I usually do. 
It's time's poor judgment. I should have used better judgment. I should have took the time and thought, hey, somebody could get this out of my Jeep a whole lot easier than I could get it from my bedside table. Poor judgment. I did not uh, judge the uh, situation correctly. Not only that, let's say somebody has a, a long history of thievery. They steal a lot. They, they've And they've just recently tried turning from that. I don't think it's judgment to be a little cautious about certain things. Like I wouldn't let this person hold a briefcase full of money for me for a couple of days. You know, I'm not judging them. I'm not saying they're the worst person. I'm just saying, Hey, we might need to wait a little bit longer before I let you hold this briefcase full of money. Nothing wrong with that. Being a little cautious. It takes time to build trust back after you've lost it is what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that just because somebody has done something in the past that they're a terrible person forever. No, but you ought to exercise a little bit of judgment here. Let's not give them a reason to stumble. Let's try to make things a little bit easier on them so that they don't stumble. Um, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not mean, I do not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers and idlers, and for then you would have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote you to not associate with any so-called brother. If he is an immoral person or covetous or uh, yeah, drunkard, swindler, not even to eat with such one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do not judge those who are within the church. But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. Okay, now let me see. tell you here. This right here is for people within the church. What I get when I read this is saying, hey, you, have, you, you can't judge the world. The God is the judge of the world when it comes to who's going to make it, who's not going to make it, whatever. But what he's telling us here is protect the flock. If there's somebody among you that calls themselves a brother in Christ and they're swindling and they're lying and they're just not, you know, don't have the fruit of a believer, then get him out of there. Is that not exercising some type of judgment? I believe it is. You know, I'm sure there's lots and lots of scriptures going both ways on this, but you are to exercise some type of judgment especially within the church. If there's if there's people causing rifts and, you know, I, I was a part of a ministry several years ago and it seemed like this was like a common thing there. It's like there would be a time of peace and tranquility and everybody would be awesome family. And then somebody would say something about somebody and it would get twisted and, and all that. And within a month or two, you had your little cliques within the church where, this group of people hangs out and this group of people hangs out. The two groups don't hang out together. That is not the way the church is supposed to be set up. And Jesus was trying to, to keep that from happening here when he was saying, if this person is acting a fool, get rid of the fool. So you ought to exercise a little bit of judgment here. When it comes to, you know, more often than not, when you see people saying, don't judge me, and it's like in a serious nature, like I know we like to say it in a uh, funny type of way, 
you know, I'm eating my third burrito. Don't judge me. Well, if you see me eating three burritos, I probably need you to judge me because I need to do a little better on that. At least bring to my attention, hey, dude, you're rocking three burritos. You might need to tone it down to about two. So, people often are doing it because they know that they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. More often than not, when somebody is saying, don't judge me, these girls are doing something they shouldn't be doing. Period. And if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, I really don't have to judge you. You're judging yourself. You know, you shouldn't be doing it. You're born bringing attention to it. So I don't think that don't, I don't think that means what you think it means. We're going to move on to the third one now. And that is eye for an eye. And, you know, I've, I've been guilty a long time ago of, of doing this too. And it's his thought that if you do something to me, I get to do that to you. If you slap my face, I'm going to slap your face. If you take something from me, I can take something from you. If the world really operated that way and there was no forgiveness or mercy from anybody, it would be chaotic. It would be just a really big mess. I mean, it's already enough of a mess. But if there was not people out there exercising some uh, some mercy and grace, it'd be a bigger mess. Let's go to where to get this from. They get it from Exodus 5.24. It says, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Old timers love quoting this. It's the whole... It's, it's usually a physical altercation thing. And I'm not going to lie. If somebody hits me, I'm probably going to hit them back. I mean, there's been a few times that I've uh, that I've took a lick and, and not returned one. But um, I do believe we are supposed to protect ourselves. Um, but Jesus comes along in Matthew 5.38 and says, You have heard it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you not to, res- but, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other for him too. So, how do we take that? You know, uh, a lot of people take it as if somebody slaps you on your left cheek, turn your right cheek over there, let them get a good uh, square shot at that one. I like to think if if you slap me on my left cheek, I'm going to turn my butt cheeks to you and walk away. (laughs) You know, and I'm pretty sure the first one is probably the correct version of that, but that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to get away from you. Jesus came to display grace, okay, and forgiveness. We're supposed to display this grace and forgiveness ourselves. We're supposed to display that to to the world and to our brothers and, and all that. And this whole two for a tooth thing, it used to mean what you thought it means, but it don't mean that anymore. Get in the new Testament. You find the old school uh, people I grew up with is old school Baptist people. And they loved quoting that. And I'm like, you know, there's a whole nother half to this book that pretty much says the opposite of that. I do believe we can protect ourselves though. Um, Luke twenty two thirty six said, and he said to them, but now whoever has a money belt is to take it along. Otherwise, likewise, also a bag. And whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. I think this is Jesus is not opposed 
to protection. He knows we're going to be in trouble out here and that we are allowed to protect ourselves. You know, if it's a silly little scuffle and it's slapping and somebody gives you a little smack, you know, you don't have to floor the guy or girl. You don't have to get all stupid about it. If somebody is threatening your family and your life, I do believe you're okay to protect them. That's why we have our amendments and we have our firearms to protect our homes and our families. And I believe that is okay. And I exercise such rights and I suggest everybody do likewise. So, come to this big doozy one. I've been married before and I don't think I ever used this one out of context. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe I have. I don't know. But I have seen it used out of context a lot. And I've actually seen it used out of context more often by unmarried people. And that's the whole obey your husband. And you'll see a lot of guys like to use that whole we're not to withhold our bodies from one another. First of all, Hoss. That's within the confines of marriage. I've seen that quoted way more often from people that were not married. Okay, bud, so let's get that one straight now. It's within the confines of marriage. Second of all, she's not to obey you unless you're her husband. If you ain't put a ring on it, she ain't to obey squats, son. You know, get you get your get your mind right here. Not only that. This is going to be the longest part of scripture I'm going to read, but just hang with me for a moment. Just hang with me, please. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, as also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ has also the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in that, a lot of stuff in that, a lot of, uh, a lot of standard put in place for how the husband should be treating his wife, right? He's to love her. Just as Christ has loved the church, man, Christ died for the church. Okay? Christ died for the church. He came to set it up, gave his life so that we could be the church. So you can't simply just tell your wife, obey me, and still talk to her like a dog. You still can't tell your wife, 
obey me and think you're too good to wash some dishes. You can't tell your wife, obey me, and let her handle every little aspect that has to do with the children of the house. You better be trying to make her life better. I don't believe that anybody, you know, nobody completes anybody. We're all complete people on our own. I am a complete man by myself without my girlfriend, Chris. Yes, I'm Chris. She's Chris. We're Chris squared. It's even spelled the same. It's weird, I know. But I am a full, complete human, satisfied human being without her in my life. Oh, Chris, that sounds so unromantic. Well, let me tell you something, bud. She adds to that. If you're already a complete and fulfilled person, it it kind of raises the standard for somebody to be able to be a part of you in your life. Because then you're like, hey, I already have everything I need. So if somebody's going to come in here and be a part of this, they're going to have to be pretty awesome. Well, I'm getting ready to marry her here in the next couple of months, so she's pretty freaking awesome. But the point here being is if you if you're being everything you need to be to her and you're being the man you need to be and you're respecting and you're honoring her and you're loving her and you're you're helping and it's a team effort, more than likely she's going to follow your lead cuz she's going to be a good woman for you. You need to be loved to her. And what is love? Well, the last scripture of the episode, I know I've probably covered you up with scriptures, but that's really what we're here to do. So that's 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay, bud, I'm calling you out here. You can't be like, you know, my wife is the most important person in my life. I love her more than anything ever, ever, ever. And you keep bringing up this crap from two years ago or a month ago, even if you're short with her, you know, this goes both ways, ladies. If there's a lady out there listening, this goes both ways. You know, I, I will say that a lot of you could probably transform this man that you have in your life. That is not being the man that you wish he was. If you would practice this a little bit too. No, everybody needs to take their own It's not up to the woman to change everything. Man needs to take responsibility and and make this turn. But if it's just one of them situations where you're not going to give up, try this. Maybe it changes them. If it don't, you try everything you can. You can walk away with your hands clean. We don't get into all that. But anyway, it is not arrogant. It's not brag. It's kind. It's not jealous. You know, if somebody ever given you a reason to be jealous, then don't be jealous. If they've given you a reason and you're not married to them, move on. You're not married. You have no reason to stick around. If if they've given you a reason to be worried about their loyalty, take a hike. Go somewhere else. 
But the point being here is, guys, you cannot expect a woman to follow your lead and honor you and be a good woman to you if you're not being patient and, man, quit bringing up the old stuff. Just quit doing that. You know, it, maybe she scratched your truck or whatever. I mean, if you're having fun with it and that's the kind of relationship you have, okay, fine. But, you know, it keeps no records of wrongs. It bears all things. It believes all things. It endures. It endures when when he's had a bad day and he comes home and he wants to unload about work. And vice versa, she wants to come home, unload about work. I don't think it's healthy for people to do that every single day. But it's going to happen sometimes, and it's good. Just let her let her talk. What's who do you say? Let her be. Just let it be, man. Just let her get it off her chest. Be her safe place. Be her comfort. And if you're seeking Jesus, he's going to give you all these attributes. I don't believe it's very likely that you can have them, like, legit without Jesus. Like, I've seen a few people that kind of, visually pulls this off it looks like they have it and they don't have jesus but i i believe at some point it's probably not as real as it looks you know i believe that these things come from the author of love you kind of have to know him to know what it's all about so seek jesus and ask him to make you the man you need to be if you're being the man that the lord has created you to be more than likely, unless she's just an evil, evil woman, and they exist, I know, evil men do too, but more than likely, she's going to be honoring to you, okay? So, to recap, honor your mother and father, okay? So, yeah, we're, we're, we're to behave, we're to, when you're, especially when you're living under your parents' roof, you should honor them. After you've uh, moved on and become flesh with someone else, that is your priority in life. And if they can't handle it, then that's their problem. Uh, don't judge me. Okay, world, I ain't going to judge you. If you claim to be a Christian, yeah, let's judge each other, set each other straight. Let's correct one another. Eye for an eye. Well, you know, we talked about that. And Jesus says to uh, turn the other cheek. I say, I agree with him. I have to. He's Jesus. I do believe we also get to protect ourselves too. So come for the family. It ain't going to be good for you. <laughs> Obey your husband. Hey, be a husband. It's worth obeying. Okay. We also have to take into account that a lot of the stuff was written was in a different culture. Scripture don't necessarily change and God's heart doesn't change. Cultures kind of put a different spin on things, but I believe if we would stick to the original intent of the scriptures, this would be a whole lot better world and culture all around anyway. So that concludes today's uh, podcast. I thank you guys for tuning in and giving it a little listen. I know it was a little bit uh, different today. I kind of wanted to take a different route. Um, I had, you know, I, I'm really just trying to attack the issues I see in day-to-day -day life, you know, and maybe give people a little bit different perspective on things. And this isn't a damning or a condemning thing here. This isn't a me judging you or whatever. This is 
stuff I get convicted of that I believe align with Scripture, and I want to try to help other people because there's freedom in it. There's a lot of freedom in aligning yourself with the Scripture. It's not going to happen all overnight. It, it takes a little while. It's, I, like, I've been doing this for what, 13 years now, and I'm still learning every week what I need to be doing a little bit differently. So, thanks for tuning in. If you want to reach me, that's Chris Pyle, K-R-I-S-P-Y-L-E on Facebook. Same name, at 8-0 on the Instagram. Hey, send messages. Give us feedback. Like and share these episodes on Facebook, people, please. You know, I'm not here to do, I mean, I'm here. If it if me doing this, this helps one person, then it's all worth it. But I would like to reach a lot more people. So if you would please. Just like and share these episodes on social media. Help get the help get the listener base a little bit wider for me. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm not doing the sponsor thing right now because there's really no sense in it until you have a bigger listener base. And when I do that, I promise you to make it as uh, interesting and fun as possible. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Generally, when they start doing the uh, sponsors, it don't take up but a couple minutes of the show. But not doing that right now. We just don't have the listener base to really worry about that at the moment. But when we do, I'll give you a heads up. But this is Chris Power from The Power Perspective, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You guys have a great day. And uh, stay warm out there. It's getting a little chilly here in Georgia. And I hope wherever you are, you're warm and dry and blessed. God bless you.